Hebrews chapter 1 today. Hebrews chapter 1. Thank you, Brother Chris. Hebrews chapter 1. Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, and we just thank you and we love you again. We thank you for this wonderful day, for it is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today. It's wonderful to be in the presence of the Lord today. It's just an amazing feeling uh, to know that we can come before you, come uh, into your presence, and Lord, that you would just lean, that we could lean into your bosom, that you would love on us, Lord, that you would wrap your arms around us, Lord, speak softly uh, to us and lead us on our way, Lord, that you never leave nor forsake, but you will guide and, and uphold and, and, and just go before us. We thank you, Lord, for the exceeding great promises and exceeding great riches of your grace and your mercy towards us, uh, Lord, for that knowing that what we would do and what we would become and that you would send your son to die for us, raise again and live so that we all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a wonderful uh, opportunity, but what a wonderful uh, debt of gratitude that we owe you, Lord, as our Savior and as our King, Lord. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all honor. Uh, Lord, you are mighty and you are sovereign over it all, Lord. And not only are you our King, you are our Savior, you are our Lord. And we thank you for that today, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that you, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, speak to our hearts today. Speak to our minds, Lord. Let us hear your voice today that we know that we know uh, we're in a will of God, that we're in, uh, in that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God doing what God's called us to do as we lay our lives uh, down for the Father. We thank you, Lord, for that, and we ask you in Jesus' name. We pray for these kids back here, Lord, and Emmanuel. We pray that you touch uh, this children's church, Lord, that there would be one in there, uh, Lord, that would have an, an eye-opening revelation of who you are and, and what uh, you're calling them to do, Lord, as well. And we all, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 1, uh, we'll read verses 1 through 4. It says, God at sundry times or different times and in different ways spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Had, uh, let me... I'm sorry. God, who at sundry times and divers manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, but he's now in these last days spoken to us by his son Jesus, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. He who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his persons and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, by himself purged our sins, and he by himself sat down at the right hand of the Father and the right hand of majesty on high when he sat down by his Father. Talking about the book of Hebrews today, and the book of Hebrews is, is the book of better things. It is the book of superior things. Uh, it speaks of God's sovereignty, of Jesus' sovereignty. It speaks of his superior, superiority of Christ as a person over the prophets, over the angels, over the priests, over the covenant. It speaks of uh, volumes about who uh, Christ is, written sometime between 60 and 70 A.D. There's a lot of debate on that, but we're not going to get hung up in all of that. Uh, the theme is to present Jesus Christ not as another prophet, but as the prophet, uh, not as another priest, but the priest, uh, not only as a, a man, but the son of man, uh, not only as a God, but the son of God. It reveals uh, the end of a Jewish uh, Judaism and a law-based 
religion and opens up the door for the beginning of Christianity. And you got to kind of understand where they're at right now. And I can put it in today's terms. It's almost like pushing the electric car today. It's, that's what's kind of like Judaism is the gasoline engine and Christianity is the new thing that's on the scene. Now, don't get all hung up in which one's better and which one's worse. It's an example. I'm not pushing either one. I'm just saying that's how... Uh, that's that's what the Christians are going through because there's a there's a new thing, a new religion on the scene, and 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 they're pushing uh, this Christianity. Uh, it confirms this book of Hebrews confirms the Christian faith and the new covenant, uh, written in just very beautiful language of Greek, presented to the Hebrew audience. Uh, it's very eloquent. It's very well written. It uh, in its in its literary form. Uh, but also it is very eloquent and very well presented in its theological form. It is, uh, uh, if you were a Greek audience, it got your attention because it was beautifully Shakespearean in its writings. If you were a Jewish audience, it got your attention because the theology is so deep and so rich that you can't mistake him. You can't mistake him. And if you didn't believe, uh, it offended you. It offended you. Uh, it would do one of two things. It would convict you and convert or it offended you. Uh, so, so there are many. Uh, so it's a very, very wonderful, powerful, powerful book, uh, epistle. Uh, there are many theories on who wrote the epistle to the Hebrews. Of course, some lean that Paul wrote the book, uh, but you know uh, uh, he wrote so many epistles in the New Testament. But with each epistle that he wrote in the New Testament, it was almost a given that it would say, "I, Paul, by the will of God, wrote this unto the Ephesians, to the Galatians." Uh, to uh, the church at Thessalonica, uh, but Hebrews starts differently. Uh, God at different times and in different ways has spoken to the prophets and to the fathers, but he has now spoken through his son, Jesus Christ, to us. And so it, it just has a very odd starting. Uh, but that don't disqualify it from being Paul's writing. I'm not here to debate that. Uh, it's not his style, really. Uh, they, they would say, some would argue that it's not his style. Uh, without that salutation and that distinct audience that it was getting. But I can promise you that the theology that is in it is Paul style. That's his argument. That's his way of doing things. That's his, that's his debate. That's the way he presented it. He would ask questions and answer the question with an absolute truth that was found in Jesus Christ. So the theology is there, but the style uh, doesn't, doesn't, as theologians would say, it doesn't match Paul's character. But you know what? I, I, I have room for people to grow in my life. I don't know about you. I can accept that you can get better and better in your worship leader, and you can get better and better in your teaching, and you can get better and better in your service. I can accept that you can grow in Christian faith, that just because you wrote a book in, uh, to the Galatians in around 50 A.D., and you write one in 80, that because they're not very similar, I won't allow you to grow. I'm open-minded enough to know that Jesus is willing and working in my life and he's getting me closer and drawing me up and higher into some things and that I can uh, grow in my Christian walk and I can grow in my Christian ministry and I can build character. Peter would say it this way, add to your faith virtue, add to your faith this, this, and this. Uh, surely to God, you and your Christian walk want to try to add to it and not stay the same as you did the day you were saved. So I have room for Paul to grow. I'm not saying he didn't, but now we're not debating who wrote it uh, either. Some say it was Apollos. 
uh, with his Greek eloquence. And, and Paulus was, remember when he's talking about Apollos and he says, some say that I'm of Paul and, and some I'm of Apollos and some I'm, some I'm of Jesus and, and I, Paul, don't come with you with, with enticing words and the words of wisdom. And he says that Paul, Apollos is an eloquent speaker. He is a very eloquent speaker, a very good speaker. And he says if you're going to uh, follow Paul, follow Paul, or follow Apollos, uh, he's a, he is called to do that. So due to the eloquence of the Greek writing, some believe that Apollos uh, had wrote uh, the book of uh, Hebrews. Uh, uh, and, and the literature, a Greek scholar had written this book uh, because the wording would pierce the, uh, the intellect, but the theology would pierce the heart. Uh, some hold that Barnabas, you know, Paul and Barnabas went on these missionary journeys. Some say that Barnabas had wrote uh, the book because Barnabas was a, of a Levite tradition, a Levite heritage, and raised in a, a Levite uh, atmosphere. And they say that the book of Hebrews is the Leviticus of the New Testament as it expresses uh, sacrifice and uh, Judaism as it disputes that, uh, dealing with those things. So some say that Barnabas could have written it. And then there's one more that holds that Priscilla and Aquila, the church in Corinth that had the church in their home, uh, perhaps they got together and they wrote it. And because Priscilla was a woman, that they would not take this letter seriously. They would not take the letter at all. And they would not read the letter at all. And, and uh, it would be dismissed. Uh, so therefore, there was no author put there because of a lady being involved in that. But I'm going to tell you something. What's happened here is the Holy Spirit did not see fit for us to know who wrote this letter. That's that's what's going on here. Uh, just as, uh, but the Holy Spirit didn't see fit to reveal the hand of the writer, just the heart of the writer. And I pray that in my ministry too. I pray that y'all don't see the hand, y'all see the heart. I pray that y'all don't see the man, you, man, you see the mind and the mindset behind it, that I have the mind of Christ and I can express the mind of Christ so that you too can take up the mind of Christ. I pray that my hands reach with the hands of Christ so that you don't feel what Jeff did. You feel what God's doing in your life. You feel what the Holy Spirit's doing. I pray that my lips are clayed and the pen of the ready rider so that they don't hear me in my carnal state. But anytime I'm right here, you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to And you can, I'm going to tell you, you can tell the difference. When Paul says it in his letters, this is not the Spirit speaking, this is me. You can tell when I'm preaching from him and I'm preaching from me. You can tell it. I can tell. Surely you can tell. I pray that you're doing that same thing. I pray that the Holy Spirit is seen in your gifts and talents, not the person, but the power behind it, the passion behind it, and more importantly, the purpose behind it. Because we do similar things as that. We have our favorite author. We have our favorite pastor, our favorite preachers, our, our favorite uh, teachers, uh, uh, our favorite church events and times that we come and times that we don't. Uh, some like singing. Some don't come. Some like revivals. Some don't come. No, I'm not casting stones. I'm not casting judgmental things. I'm just saying, I'm just proving the point that we all have our preferences. We all have things that we like about church and we dislike about church, that we like about, and it's not about church, though. It's not about church. I'm just, I'm, I'm just setting the foundation. We don't listen to a message maybe because we know who's preaching it. We do listen. We don't listen to a message because we've never heard who's preaching it. And sometimes we only listen to the message because of who's preaching it. And when we do those things, when we look to try to figure out who wrote the book of Hebrews and we never let the Holy Spirit speak, then we're missing the whole point. We're missing the whole point because it's not me up here speaking. It's him up here speaking. 
It's not Chris up here singing. It's him up here singing. It's not Luther back there teaching. It's him up there that back there teaching. And it's not you coming and, and being a part. It's, it's you bringing him into this atmosphere and making this thing happen. That's what y'all are doing. That's what we are doing as a family. Because uh, we can get caught up in the wrong things. We can get caught up in the wrong things. Do you know that the service has different parts? The service has different parts. And I guess I'd ask myself, I guess. I mean, Paul says that if anybody wants to partake in all of this, then examine himself. So I asked myself, how did I come today? Did I come to fellowship and not forsake the, the assembling together? Or did I come because it's Sunday and it's routine? And I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you to take, these, take this thought home with you so you recognize it in other people. How about that? Let's do it that way. Uh, did you come to fellowship or because it was a routine? Did you come for Sunday school or discipleship? It makes a difference. It makes a difference if you're if you're here in Matthew 19 uh, again, or if you're looking at it with a fresh eyes and a fresh heart to become more discipled. Did you come for singing or the praise and the worship? Do you see these announcements as announcements or an opportunity to come alongside? To, to uh, well, I wish they had a men's ministry. It's an opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for you. Do you see it as an announcement? Well, they didn't announce anything for the men's ministry. Must not have one. No, we must need you. We must need you. Opportunities. These are not announcements. These are opportunities. And this sermon is a message. Right. It's a message. It's not a sermon. It's a message. And the invitation at the end, anyone, is not... that. The invitation is two things. It's the end or the beginning. It's the end or the beginning. And you can leave and go and go on about your way. Because I'm going to tell you, on any given Sunday, you've got all of these people in here. You've got the one looking for the routine. you got the one looking for relationship. you got the one looking for help. One looking for a way out. One looking for reconciliation. One looking for forgiveness. One looking to be seen. One looking to be set apart. One looking to be apart. One looking to be misunderstood. One looking to gripe. One looking to fuss. One looking for the Lord. And all are here, right here under this one roof. One roof. All of these. Some are looking for a place to serve. But we can't get caught up in the building that we missed the place and the man that we missed the message. We can't get caught up in those things. Don't miss who's really speaking. Because the voice that you hear, listen to this now, the, the voice that you hear in, can be this one in verse 1. God, who in different times and in different ways and in times past, has spoken to the fathers through the prophets. God can and speak, can and has spoken to us in many different ways using many different people. He has done these things in our life. God can and will use you to speak in someone's life and he will use you to speak into my life and me to speak into your life. And many times in different ways past it says that he does this. He used Noah and we can't get this he, Noah preached for 120 years and he saved his family. And I pray to God that if I preach and I teach for a long enough time that my family gets saved. We can't say, well, all he did was save his family. And I, I pray my family gets saved. Amen. 
I pray my family gets saved. Don't you pray your family gets saved? And if nobody else ever comes forward, nobody else does anything, I pray that my family gets saved so that we they set some example and a standard up in the world. And I pray that you have that same heart about your family that take you. Because we can't save anybody. We just have to be the one standing there day in, day out, doing the will of the Lord, Noah. So that my family says, I don't know what y'all are doing, but I know what daddy always did. And I know what daddy always says. And I'm getting on the boat. And I'm getting on the boat. I'm getting on the boat. Moses, he used to, he let them stuttering lips, stammering lips, the Bible says. Ezekiel, dramatic. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Hosea, to redeem the cheating wife. I mean, you know, it's... Many different ways God uses people. Amos, I never signed up for this. I'm just a fruit picker. I didn't want no part of this. Jonah, let them all die. Let them all die. And Joel, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. I tell you today, if you are a Christian, you are called. You are called to share the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. You are called to do. And even if you teach a class with five people in it, it's taught with all of your heart. Even if you sing and nobody follows you into the worship service. Nobody follows you into the presence of the Lord. I pray uh, that you lead us, that you that you find yourself in His presence. If, if nobody else uh, does, I pray that. If you lead the music, enter into His presence whether they come or not. If you preach, allow God to speak. Even if they don't, even if you don't, not them. You don't. I prayed all week, Lord. What do you want me to tell them? Silence. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to tell them? Silence. Nothing. I said, Lord, what are you telling me? He said, go to Hebrews 1. Just like that. I'm up here saying, what do you want me to get them? How do you want me to get them today, Lord? He says, no, oh, this ain't got nothing to do with getting them. I need to get you, to get, I need to get you Jeff. And when I said, okay, what are you telling me? He said, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. If you go there in your Bibles, I'll show you. And I'll get your table. Okay, here, here we go. Here we go. Because if I forget who's doing the talking, I'll miss that he's talking to me. Yeah. I'll miss that he's talking. I think I'm up here talking to you. No, I'm just sharing what God's told me. I'm sharing what God has told me this week. And I don't know about you. I've seen it work in, in my family's life. I want to see it work in my life. And I'm beginning to see some things I've never seen in my life. I've been uh, saved for, for uh, uh, not as many long as some of you and longer than some of you, but it don't make no difference. It ain't a time thing. I have seen some things in my life, and I'm ready to see it for myself. There's some things I didn't see in my life. I didn't see the conversion story that happened uh, with my Papa Ali Armstrong. I didn't see that, but I seen the life that he lived I seen the life that he lived that authenticated it. I seen what he did with his life that verified what I had always heard. I seen that. I didn't see that how uh, Granddaddy went to church every Sunday and led the music, but I did hear it around the house, in the shower, in the car, in the grocery store, out in the yard while he cut grass. Under the carport, I heard the whistling, the singing, uh, the lyrics, and the songs of the Christian song, and it validated uh, what I knew that I never had to speak. Uh, if I never set foot again in Oak Grove Baptist Church, I knew uh, that he was the worship leader there because they said he was, and I seen him there, but I also knew that he was the worship leader because of what he did at the house. Because every time I was around him, that's all you could hear. That's all you knew. And I saw the, uh, the stuff that my mama went through. 
I've seen the, the life that, that my mama went through and how she uh, uh, went through a, uh, just some horrific times uh, and made it out okay and raised us, uh, me two boys and, and a girl, Brianna, and went on to have a beautiful daughter. That's the way I got it written. So if she hears online, she'll be. Uh, and, and a big old family. And her love never failed. Her love never failed. I can still hear her say these three words to us today. Oh, Lord Jesus. That was her favorite word. It was, oh, Lord Jesus. When anything good happened, it was, oh, Lord Jesus. When anything bad happened, it was, oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, that she just cried out to him and cried out to him. Just... Uh, and, and you have those in your life too. Don't you have those people in your life that made an impact, that made an influence, that made a difference in your life, a difference in your life? But I'm gonna tell you, it sounds all good and, and wonderful, and it is good and it is wonderful. But you gotta understand that you may have these on one side, but you got those in your life that impacted it the other way too, just as effectively, just as effectively. The mother who wasn't there. The, the, the grandmother who, who didn't, or the granddaddy who didn't sing in the church and sing around the house. The, uh, the, the grandmother who did or didn't do these things. God speaks in different ways, in different times, in different forms. He can speak just as loud and clear through the grandmother who didn't play and sing as He does in the granddaddy who did. He can speak just as loud. And just as quick. I thought about the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep and the lost son. The son ran away and he came to himself and he come back to the Lord and the father was waiting on him and he reached and he ran out and hugged his neck and the sheep that couldn't get to where the father was, he couldn't make it. Uh, he's lagging behind. Maybe he just fallen short. He couldn't make it and he leaves the 99 and he goes to the one. But what, what about the coin that's misplaced? What about the coin that's just fell between the wayside there? What if? What if? What if God allowed the coin to get misplaced so that you would get in there and see just how filthy your house is? See just exactly what is in your house. And after she removed everything and emptied out everything, threw out everything and swept up anything, she finally found what she was looking for. What if God used the, those kind of scenarios in your life to get you to the place where He wants you. He don't have to bring positive influences in your life. He don't have to come rescue you. He don't have to get you to come to yourself. Sometimes He can make you long for something and want something until you just can't find out what's missing in your life and you want it so bad you're willing to go through inventory and say, well, if I get a new job, this will fix it. The new job didn't help, but the $40,000 car will. And I get the $40,000 car and I can't afford the payments but I got the boat to go with, and I got all of this, and I'm looking in my house trying to make it work, and he says, you know what? I've misplaced the one thing that you're longing for so that you go through all of these things in your life and know that they never satisfy, nor do they fulfill until you look to me, as Hebrews would says, the author and finisher of your faith. I'm the only one that will ever satisfy you. And that's where you get to in your life. Maybe he uses those kind of people. There's a story of two twins that would grow up together. One grows up, become, and they live in a, in a uh, uh, and, they, and the two twins grow up, to, and they, one becomes a, an alcoholic, and the one becomes uh, prominent in the in the ministry. And they looked at the twins and they said, "Well, why, how did two people so similar go two separate ways? How could this happen?" like this and so they went to the one and asked and said how did you become a, an alcoholic how did you become so addicted to drugs and, and alcohol like you have and your and your brother going to the ministry and he said well our father was an alcoholic our father was addicted to drugs and there was and and, and so since he was uh, 
there was no hope for me. I knew if he had this addictive personality, I had this addictive personality, so I just followed the path of my father. And they asked the other one, well, they said, well, that being said, how did you come to be in the ministry and get to where you was? And he said, because my father was an alcoholic and addicted. I would never follow that path. One says I can't get away from the path. One says I would never follow the path. Two different perspectives to the same problem leading the same thing. Some good influences in your life and, and good people in your life influence you and impact you to walk this way. Negative influences in your life and neg negative impacts in your life should also make you to run and follow this way in your life so that you don't end up that way in your life. God uses them both in different times and in different ways. He has spoken to you through the same situations. And that's the way he does it. It's not unusual for him to allow a mess in my past so that I get my life cleaned up. It is not unusual. When I look back at my family, I can't help but wonder if you do it for them, will you do it for me? Well, if you've done it, if you did it now, it's a little personal. It's only been a week, guys. But I can't help but wonder, because I've been thinking about this thing. I've been thinking about all kinds of stuff. I'm just going to get real with you for just a minute. I've been thinking about mantles falling down, how this thing works, what happens, fire from heaven. I've been thinking all this kind of confusion. And I'm going to tell you, I had to get past all that to get here today. Yeah. I said all week uh, in a mind cluttered and boggled up full of garbled stuff uh, to get here today until I finally said, Lord, what do you want me to do? So I asked you. I said, God, will you do it for me what you did for them? Will you do for me what you did for them? And you know what he said? He said, no. He said, no. So I didn't hear him right. I asked him again. I said, Lord, uh, who's going to stand in the gap? I already know the answer to this one. If you can't, you, you, I mean, I, I, he said, you are. I said, then. Can I pray like she did? He said, no. No, you can't. And I said, well, you tell, I asked you who was going to cut the light on. You told me to get up cut your own light on. Can I, can I be that light? Can I be that, uh, that standard? Can I be that beacon in, the, in our family? And he said, yeah, yeah, I told you to do that. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to do for me what you did for her. And you're going to allow me to walk in some things that, that you allowed them to walk in. And he said, no. Not at all. And I said, why, Lord? He said, because I was speaking through them, but I'm speaking to you. I was using them in a time such as this. I'm using them. I didn't call you to be them. He's never called you to be them. He's called you to be you. He said, I never called you, Jeff, to be them. I called you to be you. I don't want you to speak for them. I want you to speak for me. Will you speak for me? But to continue what I'm doing, uh, not what, so you can continue what I'm doing, not what they've done. He said, and this is just as plain to me. He said, did I not say to your grandfather, well done, enter in. Did I not say to your mother, well done, enter in? And did I not say to your grandmother, well done, enter in? And I, I, said, I couldn't help but say, yeah. And he said, well, in these days, I'm speaking to you. In these days, I'm talking to you. I got it in a sharpie. 
That's how critical it is. Has he spoke to your heart? Has he, has he spoke to your situation? Has the Son ever spoke to your heart? You know what that is? I'm just going to say it. That's salvation. That's, that's conviction. That's Him calling you into something that's uh, part of the greatest life that you could ever have. And that is to know Him as Lord and Savior. You're not required to clean up. You're not required to do this. You're not required to jump through hoops. You're required to feel that conviction and confess Him as Lord and stand up and say, I give my life to you, Lord Jesus. I give my life to you, Lord Jesus. Has He ever told you like he did me. Has he ever told you off? <laughs> told you no. That's a scary, convicting thing when you say, Lord, will you, will you do it for me like you did for them? No. Wasn't expecting that. A little bit scary. A little bit convicting. Makes you wonder what you did wrong or what you asked to miss. Makes you, makes him get stern with you. No. Hear the Father come out in him. Father, No. You know what that does? It brings forth reverence and fear of the Lord. Healthy. It's really healthy for Him not to give you everything you ask for. It's healthy for Him. It's healthy for grace and for me not to give Him everything He wants at 14 years old. It's healthy. But when He does speak, when you do hear Him, I'm going to tell you, it changes your life. It will change your life. And this is what he told me. I mean, this is plain. I mean, it wasn't audible. It was in my heart. But this is what he said. Uh, it'll change your life. Listen to what the Lord told me. He said, so far, Jeff, there's only been one preacher come out of this family. And that changes with you. Wow. Wow. And you know what he did? He said, well, you know what? That family that produced one preacher, you know what he told them? Well done. Well, well done. You did great. You did great. Well done. Maybe they were called to produce one. Maybe I'm called to produce some. What he said, so far there's only been one preacher come out of this family. That changes with you. And I'm going to tell you something. The Son of God said it. The heir, verse 2, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, who has appointed the heir of all things, said it. Who created all the worlds. And every tongue, every language, every nation, every kindred heard it. All of heaven heard it. Holy, holy, holy. Nothing hidden. Nothing hidden. Everything exposed in the heavens. All powerful. God said, it changes with you, Jeff. It changes to you with you. Do you realize that when the Spirit speaks, the Son is telling you what the Father said? Listen to that now. When the Spirit of God speaks to your heart, when, when I got saved, the Spirit of God said, you need Jesus. And, and you know what He's doing? He's telling me what the Father looked down and said in my brokest, darkest, uh, hurtful moment in, in some of the sinfulest times of my life. He says, Son, He needs you. He needs me. Jeff, you need Him. All the way from the throne. And I'm going to tell you, I just talk to Chris and tell him something. By the time it gets over there to Miss uh, Hare, it, it says a whole different thing. But I don't do that when the Father says he needs the Son. The Son says he needs the Son. And the Spirit says you need the Son. 
It's the same. It's the same word, three and one. Don't ask me how it works. Don't ask me how he does it. Don't ask me how it sits, how it's positioned, and how it does. All I know is it works. That's all I know. Is that it's, I can't explain to you the Trinity. I can explain to you how he saved me. I can explain to you how he uses these things. I can explain to you that if he says it, uh, that he means it. That when the Spirit of God speaks, he is telling you through the Son what the Father has said. And you know what the Bible says? Out of a mouth of two, let a thing be established. Verily, verily, I, he says, I can swear by no other than by myself. Son, he needs you. I agree with you, Father. He needs me. Uh, Spirit, Spirit says, I agree. John says it this way. Three agree in the world. The blood, the, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit agree on these things. And you know what? When they agree, He's going to do and pursue you like you've never been pursued before. If you're here on the sounding of my voice and you have a gift and a calling or you don't know the Lord or you have something messing in your life, He is about to pursue you like He's never pursued you before. It's because you hear this spoken word. Because the day of, uh, for me, the day of them telling me what I needed to do is over. God is now speaking to me. He is now speaking. Times are different. It might have always been this way, but it ain't like that anymore. It might have always used to be that, but it ain't like that anymore. I'm like, like we talked about at the very beginning. I've got room to grow. And I've got room for you to grow. My mind and imagination can let you become and can let, I can see you as worship leaders, Sunday school teachers, children ministries, WMU, VBS directors. I don't know if you see it or not, but my imagination and my God allows me to see it in you. I can see it in this body. I can see it coming. If it ain't here, I can even see it coming. Because he says in these last days, I'm speaking to you through the Son. And Joel says, in these last days, I'll pour out my whole spirit upon flesh. These are the last days when the Spirit of God is working and willing and telling us what the Son has said. And He spoke from the foundation of the world. He was the foundation of the world. He was in the beginning. The Bible says that, I know you know that the Bible says that He was in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and said, let us make, let us make the, John chapter 1 says the Word uh, in the beginning was God and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And all things were made by Him and exist by Him. All things were created. Hebrews says it right here. He's the creator of all things and He is the express, verse 3, the express image of God. He is the express image of God. He is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's our salvation. <coughs> he's our salvation. The Bible, uh, Hebrews will teach us that He's the eternal priest, He's the eternal sacrifice, He's the eternal atonement, and He is the eternal mediator between God and man, and He is sovereign. The Bible says in verse 3 that by His word and by His power that He by Himself sat down and took purged us from our sins, and he, or, or by Himself purged us of our sins, and He sat down at the right hand on high. He is the King, Lord Jesus Christ. And it don't matter if you confess in any days of your life. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord. He is the Lord. You can, you can make it happen today. You can make it happen today. The Bible says that He's the creator of all things and upholding all things by the word of His power. Verse 3. I can't explain why things happen. I can't explain why Jonah run and John the Baptist was beheaded. He was the greatest prophet Jesus said that had ever been. 
I don't understand why those things happened. I don't understand why Job lost everything that he had. But I do understand through this and through Job and through Jonah that there's some things that I don't have to know. There's some things that I don't have to know. But I do know this. And I do know this. That from the foundation of the world, he wanted me. From the very foundation of the world, before I formed you, he said, I knew you. Talking to Jeremiah, and he was talking to Jeff. That before you even were, I knew you, and I wanted you. And in order to guarantee your best for me, I allowed your mother and your father to meet. I allowed your mother and your father to fall in love. I allowed your mother and your father to come together and have these baby, uh, two boys uh, so that, and I know you got a stepdaddy, Jeff. I know you got that. But I allowed it to be him to be your daddy so that you could be have his character and her and her, her character, his personality, her personality, and all of this and this DNA would come together. I allowed this to happen in your life. I allowed you to be born this way. At just the right time and just the right place with just the right mother's womb. And when you were born, when the odds were against you, it pleased me to separate you from your mother's womb and called you and ordained you. He told Jeremiah, I called you and ordained you a minister. He told Paul, it pleased him to separate me from my mother's womb and to ordain me into this ministry and call me into this gospel. I give you a heartbeat, Jeff. I give you all that you need. The DNA of a preacher and the heartbeat of a pastor. And the humility of a Christian. What has he given you today? He placed me, separated me, raised me in Coal City, set me in Asheville, and put me in Ragland School, saved me in Blount County, uh, sent me to Heritage to grow and acknowledge uh, gifts uh, in my life, Pine, uh, and Northside to acknowledge a call, and Pine Forest to accept it. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what, I'm convinced that this is only the beginning in my life. Amen. This is only the beginning in my life. God is doing something great in my life. God is doing something great in this church and in this community. You know that, that we have some uh, doors coming open in the community. We have some doors coming open in the schools. We have some doors coming open in the streets. And I'm persuaded the best is yet to come. I am persuaded and I'm convinced that this is where used to meets now. This is where I thought meets I can, where yesterday and today come together. And this is what he's saying here. God used to do it this way, but now he wants to do it this way. God used to say it this way, but now he's saying it this way. God used to do these things, and now he's doing it different. Do you says that there was a weight on him, and door. We're closing with this. It says that we been him being in the brightness of his glory. That word glory means weight. Do you feel a weight today? Do you feel a weight today? That's that it can be several things. It can be conviction. It can be conviction. It, it, where, the, where you thought you knew the Lord, you don't really know if you're saved or not. You don't really know if you know or not. You don't really understand how this thing works. But from this day forward, you want to turn your life around. You want to come make Him Lord of your Savior. Rededicate your life. Start over from the beginning. However this thing works. That could be that weight of conviction that you're feeling in your heart today. Now that you're feeling in your heart today, that is what the Father has told the Son and the Son told the Spirit. The Spirit's telling you that He's speaking to you today in your heart could be a, something of a gift or a calling that you want to step up into, that you want the Lord to bless, that you want to pray about, wanting to pursue, wanting to do. That, that heaviness could be your faith. 
your faith trying to overcome the fear of what you would sit on the pew and say, I don't think I'm able, I don't think I'm called, and I don't think I'm capable, but that's all I think about. And the faith has to overcome the fear for you to stand up and take that first step uh, into a ministry that will change not only your life, but it changes the people around you's life. These people's ministry changed my life. I hope my ministry changes your life. I hope your ministry changes our life. I hope we are all fitly joined together as a body and not ashamed of our gifts, not ashamed of our callings, and not ashamed of where we are in Christ. Could be your breakthrough to freedom. Freedom could be that sigh of relief that you've been looking for all week, all month, all year, saying, you know what, enough's enough. And Lord, I just give it to you. And you don't have to, it's not that you're rededicating, it's not that you're getting saved again, it's none of that. You're turning, you're surrendering. You're surrendering the debt, uh, the, the bills, the, the life, the job. You're surrendering the, the family, the all things. Uh, because I'm going to tell you, I don't know how all things work together, but He does. Could be the fullness of God pouring out His Holy Spirit on you. That could be what you're feeling today. I can promise you the fullness of the Spirit is a weight. It says that He sat down and He purged your sin. And when you get in His presence, the sin can't stay there. It's purged. It's removed. It's run off. It's cleaned. It's gone. It's gone. Sin can't stay. Where Christ is sovereign, sin can't stay. We talked about that last week. Uh, uh, is, he in the, is, he, is he on the throne or are you holding him? Or are you going to let him sit on the throne and take his rightful place? I'm not talking about his king of the world. I'm talking about a king of your life. I'm talking about in the throne of your life. Is he ruling and reigning? Is he calling the shots? And I'm going to tell you something else. Christ is my future. He's the fullness. He's my fullness. He's my forgiveness. And he's my future. He's my future. As Brother Chris comes and we stand, there's some pieces of my life that's been there since the day I was born. It's always been there. Some pieces that I, I take up too soon and some pieces are different. And I, I showed the kids today that in, in, in the form of a puzzle, and I, I realize, much like they did, to go to the edges first. And you know what? God places these edges in our life so that we don't go too far one way or too far sideways. We don't go too far left. It's just easier to start at the edge, those barriers in our life. And, and as Sadie and, and, and Tristan and Sawyer uh, began to... to put the pieces together. I noticed some other things that were going together that Tristan had some going together over here and Sadie had some going together. Now, she took charge of the whole thing and then Sawyer had some things going together also up here and it came to a point to where the three had to come together to make this thing work because he had a part, she had a part, and, and he had a part, and he had a small part, he had a small part, and she had a small part. Do you understand how things can come together that God has placed people in our life that have a key place in our life? They do. They have a part in our life. He's placed not only people in our life, but situations in our life. I, now, I know that uh, uh, Tristan is... is uh, not biased or he's not hateful or not hurtful, but he said, well, uh, I forget, what, what did he say? He said, uh, uh, Massachusetts, I don't like that word. 
I don't like that. I don't even like that that place. That's hard to say. And then he got to Wyoming and he said, nobody ever lives there. Nobody ever even lives. It's the least populated state that we have. And I, and I could see in my own life that when I there's some parts in my life I don't like either. And there's some parts in, in my life that are barren and long too. You know, you think that I, I liked when I lost my mother and I lost my grandmother and, and I, when I was alone and heard crying and lost and undone and this. I didn't like those parts of my life, but I realize now today they fit. They fit there. That's where it goes. I have no control over it. That's where it goes. Ordained from the foundation of the world. I don't have a control over it. I don't have any control over that. And I say to you is, uh, is uh, brilliant because uh, unbeknownst to all of us, she's, she's doing the, uh, the puzzle together and, and immediately she says, well, I don't know where that piece is. So she skips it and she keeps on going and she keeps on going and she keeps on doing until we get to the end and there is a piece missing. There is a piece missing. Now at the beginning she realized it. At the end Tristan said, we're missing a piece. We're missing a piece. Ain't that how this thing works? Don't we look at this, some things in our life and, 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 and we, we take up a piece and we realize there's something early on, we realize something's missing in our life. Randy Hill said at eight years old, he gave his life to the Lord. Some, early on, some of us realize, like Sadie, there's something not right about this. I, so I'm gonna build my I'm gonna build my life, my puzzle around what's missing. But not Tristan. Tristan didn't realize until he had done built his life that something was missing. That something was missing. And so, now I'm just using this example. Father, please forgive me. It's all your careless. It's all your careless. Ain't that how it goes? Some get it early. What does he say? Some, some make the first be last. And some pieces, they never, they rejected the whole time. Is the one piece, the chief cornerstone, ain't that how they, is the one piece that was messing their own life? And then some of us, God help us that we never experienced this in our own life, are the one that it don't matter to. And because this piece of the puzzle is messing a piece right there, he does the same thing I'm probably going to do with this puzzle when I leave here. It's discarded. There's coming a day when we've got to give an account to him. Right. And he's going to say, you found it early, didn't you? You've seen it early. You've seen it all along. You've seen it coming. <laughs> and then there's another one that steps before him and says, yeah, but I found it during life. And then there's another one that steps before him. And this is no longer has anybody's name attached to it. Uh, and there's another one that steps before him and he says, you never found it. I showed it to you, and I showed it to you, and I showed it to you, and your life had always been incomplete because you was always looking at the wrong things when I showed you plainly what it was. I pray that we don't find that in our own life. What's missing in your life today? Which piece is missing in your life? Number 175, just so sweet.